Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning and welcome back. It's Monday. You survived the weekend. We can get back at it. Praise be to God for the opportunity. Hundreds of U.S. scientists might be compromised by China. That's in the headlines today. That's fun. The Armenian genocide forges on. Another headline, something we might talk about today uh, in particular. And Mexican cartels weaponize drones to drop IEDs at the border. That and other fun news in the stories, but I promise you won't all be very bad. In fact, in the next hour, if you're able to join us, we'll have a good news segment. And uh, we'll be a little brighter, a little more cheerful. Praise be to God for that. But in this hour, Edward Clancy from Aid to the Church in Need is going to be on to talk about the 2021 Religious Persecution Report. Um, it's, it's kind of a big deal, the report that comes out every year, analyzing all the countries in the world and religious persecutions, the hot spots, the, you know, the, who are the biggest troublemakers out there? And Edward Clancy is going to be on today in this hour to give us the lowdown on that report. I think we reported on it a couple of weeks ago in the headlines. And uh, speaking of which, good morning to you, Emily Alcarez. Good morning, Joe. How was your weekend? Praise be to God. We survived it. And, yeah. and yours? How was your weekend? I thrived it. <laughs> you thrived it. I had a great weekend, so good. Praise yeah. God. Anything in particular? Yeah. So we, um, I got, I, you know, I volunteer for a youth ministry, and we had this wonderful speaker come in, and she is um, a speaker on. They flew her in actually from out of state, and she wow. speaks on same sex attraction and sexuality, theology of the body, all that kind of stuff. How cool! And the children were just the young people were so moved by this talk. Is that right? She really reached their hearts. It was a beautiful talk. So lots of graces this weekend. That's wonderful. Praise be to God. Speaking of needing lots of graces, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Amen, amen. I I'm, I like that one. Uh, the person who needs a lot of graces. So pray for me. <laughs> I need uh, all the graces I can get. Uh, I had a retreat this weekend. That was great. Uh, please pray for the children that I, I spoke to. Uh, so one, because, you know, I spoke to them, so they, they can't be any good. So it's probably nothing but disaster now. Oh, so stop. pray for them. Um, pray that they have a conversion. It's a sad state of affairs. The what what is what young people are taught today. Yeah, so it's very honestly. sad. Mm-hmm. So pray well, for them. Well, we are going to be praying for them and uh, for all of you. Uh, we did have a great weekend. Actually, it was very jam packed. Uh, lots of uh, fishing. Fishing. My boys caught some huge bass uh, bass fish on uh, Saturday, which was really cool to watch. Praise God for that. We got to spend some time with some friends and uh, and a lot of just. Uh, Cool stuff. Like I got to watch a couple of movies over the weekend. Roe v. Wade was one of them. We interviewed we interviewed the director of that film a few weeks back, Nick Loeb. So that was good. And then we watched Heaven Is for Real. I hadn't watched that. Uh, that came out I think in 2010 or something like that. So it's been out a very long time. And my wife and I we spent our Saturday night watching that together as well. So praise be to God for our weekends. But it's time to get back at it. And we're going to be praying for your intentions, dear listener. Uh, as I said a minute ago, Edward Clancy, aid to the church need, is our guest in this hour. Religious persecution is uh, the topic at hand. And uh, whatever your intentions are, we're going to ask Our Lady, Queen of Heaven and Earth, to pray and intercede for you, for your needs, for your family members, for the conversion of sinners around the world, for 
uh, for peace in our country and in our world and for our needs here at the team, uh, the Catholic Drive Time team, of course, for God's perfect provision to replace Emily coming up in a couple of weeks. And then, of course, uh, the needs of the Station of the Cross on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To thee do I come before thee, I stand sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the headlines with Emily Alcaraz. A Chicago pastor has stepped away from his parish this week after sexual assault allegations were made against him from 1984. Father Larry Sullivan, pastor at Christ the King Church, has been accused of attacking and attempting to sexually assault a woman right before he entered seminary. The allegations were raised in a TikTok video in which a woman says that she was working at a restaurant in 1984 when Sullivan and another man followed her into an alley and attacked her. Sullivan responded to the allegations in a letter to his parishioners, saying he was deeply sorry for the pain and hardships he caused this woman. He said he was not aware of any official complaint to the Archdiocese about the video, but said he reported it to the Archdiocese himself. Cardinal Blaise Supich of Chicago released a statement saying that Sullivan had been asked to step aside while investigations are ongoing. The Cardinal said Sullivan has agreed to cooperate fully with the request and will live away from the parish. More than 10 days after five priests, two nuns, and three lay people were abducted in Haiti and held for ransom, there are reports that three of the kidnapped Catholics have been released. Father Ludger Mazil, a spokesman for the Haitian Bishops' Conference, said on April 22nd that the two kidnapped French citizens, one missionary priest and a religious sister, were still being held by the kidnappers along with five others. Mazil added that the three lay people who are family members of a Haitian priest were not among those who were released. A group of Catholics was abducted on April 11th at Croix de Bouquet, a suburb of Port-au-Prince, while on the way to attend the installation of a parish priest. According to Haitian media, the 400 Moazo gang admitted that it is behind the kidnapping and is demanding $1 million in ransom. And a priest who argued that the LGBT pride flag does not reflect the Catholic faith has been asked to leave his diocese. But it was his approach to the pandemic, not his bishop's support for the flag, that sparked the removal. A native of Poland, Father Janusz Roginski, gave a presentation before the Halton District Catholic School Board on Tuesday, arguing against a proposal to fly the pride flag outside their schools. Father Roginski suggested that instead of flying the homosexual flag in June, the schools should dedicate the month to the Sacred Heart of Jesus and teach their students about the love of Christ, which is all-inclusive. However, Father Roginski said, the issue of the flag is not the reason for my expulsion, but the difference between Bishop Douglas Crosby and I and the pastoral approach towards the pandemic. This made the bishop lose trust in my capacity to be a pastor in his diocese. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Monday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to God in all things. Blessed Stanislav Kubista, pray for us. Blessed Stanislav was born on the 27th of September, 1898 in Kostkuchna, Poland. 
He was one of nine children born to Francis and Francis. Both his mother and his father had the same name. Praise be to God. And they served in an, in, or he served rather in the army on the French front from 1917 to 1919, became a member of the Society of the Divine Word, making his perpetual vows on the 29th of September 1926. He was ordained in May of 27 and became a middle school teacher, a novice master and spiritual director. He built and ran a printing press, edited and published Little Missionary, Little Missionary Calendar, Calendar of the Word of God, Messenger of St. Joseph, and other works. But on the 27th of October 1939, he was arrested by the Nazis and transferred to a prison, uh, a concentration camp, and uh, he would die there on the 26th of April 1940. He was beatified by Pope St. John Paul II on the 13th of June in 1999. Blessed Stanislav Kobuista, pray for us. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 10, verses 1 through 10. Jesus said, Amen, amen, I say to you, whoever does not enter a sheepfold through the gate, but climbs over elsewhere, is a thief and a robber. But whoever enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gate, the gatekeeper opens it for him, and the sheep hear his voice. As the shepherd calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has driven out all his own, he walks ahead of them, and the sheep follow him, because they recognize his voice. But they will not follow a stranger. They will run away from him because they do not recognize the voice of strangers. Although Jesus used this figure of speech, the Pharisees did not realize what he was trying to tell them. So Jesus said again, Amen, amen, I say to you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. A thief comes only to steal and slaughter and destroy. I came so that they might have, they might have life and have it more abundantly. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Um. The way to salvation is through faith in Jesus, and with the help of his grace, we can find this salvation, but we have to have faith. You know, I think the Pharisees here in particular, they could hear Jesus. I mean, think about the grace it would just be all by itself to stand and to listen to Jesus saying these words for the first time ever. Think about the grace to be alive, to witness firsthand the missionary effort of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to the people of Israel and beyond, and still not believe. Just, just ponder that for a moment. Jesus is the gate whereby we enter into eternal life. He is the good shepherd who leads us and has given his up his life for us. And think about the intimacy alone in just hearing the voice of the Lord. It makes me wonder sometimes if I've, if I've heard the voice of the Lord and failed to recognize him, failed to listen. 
To hear the voice of the Lord and to hear that and to respond to that is a great act of intimacy with our Lord. It makes me want to sit more in silence and adoration, more time spent with our Lord and just being there, being present with Him to, uh, to garner that relationship. You know, my wife often tells, tells me, reminds me frequently that, uh, to, to, to build up our relationship, to feed our marriage, we have to have intimacy in time spent, just time spent together, conversations with each other. It's very important for my wife that we spend time conversating. Something that, you know, you come home from a long day, you're tired, you've said your 4,000 words for the whole day, and you're like, you're spent. But you have to feed that relationship even more. It's more vital than what you do during your workday, right? And this is true also for our Lord. But think about in the Old Testament. Joshua was called to lead out the people, Numbers chapter 27. He was called to lead the people out of the wilderness, across uh, that, uh, that, that river, across that river where people would be baptized one day, where our Lord himself would be, where John the Baptist would call out the people of Jerusalem, on dry ground nonetheless, and enter into the Holy Land. How much more than the, uh, the, the one that's greater than the old Joshua, that is the new Yahshua, Jesus, as we call him, from the Greek transliteration of his name, who leads us out of not just slavery from Egypt, but rather the slavery of our sin, leading us, but do we follow? Does the faith that we have lead us to transform our life? Right? That's been an ongoing theme over the last few weeks as we've been discussing in John's gospel. I mean, last week was John chapter 6. I kind of wish we would continued on there, but today's gospel is John 10. Faith is step one. That faith that transforms us is step two. So if we hear the intimate voice of our Lord and we follow him, then that must mean our life also must be transformed. It must be. And if it isn't, then we have work yet to do. Because even the Pharisees could hear Jesus, see Jesus, touch Jesus even, and still they lacked the faith to have that that altering, that life-altering moment. So praise be to God for that. I also wanted to mention, I forgot to do this in the intro, but guess who's coming up on the uh, docket this week, later this week? Bishop Athanasius Schneider is going to be on our program later, I think on Wednesday. So... Praise be to God for that. We have an entire lineup of great guests all week long, so hopefully you'll join us for all or part of that this week. But coming up after the short break, the genocide in Armenia and a lot more conversation. we got the drive time. It's headed your way. We'll be right back. Your odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in the pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs are available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. 
GloryAndShine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. GloryAndShine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At GloryAndShine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, GloryAndShine.com. Thank you again. Hi, Joe McLean here, host of the Catholic Drive Time, heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of the Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. Real Estate for Life offers their clients a faith-based experience. Real Estate for Life is online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Praise be to God. I want to thank also Glory and Shine. The next um, headline that I want to read to you, or at least part of it anyway, it says, most of the world's population live in countries that violate religious freedom. Religious freedom is violated severely in one out of every three countries. In the last two years, the fundamental right to freedom of belief was not respected in 62 of the world's 196 countries. 67% of the world's population, or 5.2 billion people, live in countries that exhibit grave violations of religious freedom, including China, India, Pakistan, three of the world's most populous countries. And Christians are most often targeted by persecution. We're going to be talking about that and plus uh, a lot more with Edward Clancy from Aid to the Church in Need here coming up in about 20 minutes. But it reminded me, and I uh, was poking through the headlines this morning, this is from the Gatestone Institute, gatestoneinstitute.org. We'll link to it. It says, the Armenian genocide forges on. Now, um, maybe you know, maybe you don't know, that around World War I, there was a massive genocide by the Muslims, the Ottoman Empire, in, uh, in Turkey against the Christians. And so uh, here's this uh, article here. It says, today, April 24th, is Armenian Genocide Remembrance Day, marking 106 years since the start of the Armenian Genocide when the Ottoman Turks massacred approximately 1.5 million Armenians during World War I. There was a movie made about this. What was it called? Did you guys see that? No, I don't. I don't think I have. You know, uh, okay, Star Wars, the 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 the, the, the X-wing fighter pilot guy. Okay. And the new, the latest. Uh, versions of star wars what's his name he played in that movie poe poe thank you the actor who played poe played in this movie about the armenian genocide the name is escaping me now but it was a good film uh we'll have to look that up so we can uh, recommend folks to check that out but the article goes on to say not only has turkey repeatedly denied culpability for the armenian genocide it appears intent on reigniting it most recently by helping Azerbaijan wage war on Armenia in the context of the Nagorno-Karabakh dispute. I have no idea how to properly say that. My apologies. Which again erupted into armed conflict in late 2020. It says, during this recent conflict, which did not concern it, Turkey sent uh, Sharia-enforcing jihadist groups, according to French President Emmanuel Macron, 
they, including the pro-Muslim Brotherhood Hamza division, were sent from Syria and Libya to terrorize and slaughter Armenians. The Hamza division reportedly kept um, a woman in prison while operating in Syria. And they go on to describe some of the bloody atrocities of the torture they did to this poor woman. But according to the December 2020 report, are being, uh, Armenians are being brutalized and have lost territory to their jihadist neighbors before agreeing to a ceasefire enforced by Russia. Now, why do I bring this up? Well, because it's happening and uh, there's, a, uh, there's like a collective turning of the cheek when it comes to persecution of Christians worldwide. And here it is happening again. But in the news most recently, I want to say... Didn't you report on this on Friday as well, uh, Emily, about, uh, uh, or maybe it was just out over the weekend about uh, President Biden, you know, bringing up the atrocities for under Turkey? Oh, did he? I don't he remember. Did. I don't and recall. F- yeah. And I, w- I let me see if I can find it real quick. But I want to say that there's a news report out right now. In fact, um, the Turkish government recalled the American ambassador as a result to Biden's comments. Um, because they don't want to be criticized ever about uh, their dealings. Now, they also turned the Hagia Sophia back into a mosque. It, it was a uh, essentially a, a museum for the longest time, um, and now it's back to mosque, and they're, they're perpetuating uh, a lot of these jihadist principles throughout their culture now, yet again. So we're seeing a resurgence of things. So a uh, pretty crazy uh, story in the news about... Turkey and the Armenians once more. I mean, 1.5 million Armenians slaughtered is something we should be remembering. That's a pretty big slaughter of human beings in spite of it all. Um, yeah, Adrian found an interesting story on the New York Times of all places. I want to bring that up too, but let me just mention this as well. This is a startling headline out of the Epic Times. Hundreds of U.S. scientists may be compri- compromised by China. Now, uh, what was it, two months ago, maybe? There was a big uh, revelation that there was a massive data leak, that they had a uh, database of communist members all over the world, many of whom were knee-deep in the biggest corporations on the planet, including the pharmaceutical industry and governments. I mean, all over the planet, communist Chinese uh, uh, members were serving in some of the highest roles. That was, what, two months maybe ago? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Um, so this headline is uh, sort of similar to that. It says more than 500 U.S. federally funded scientists have been flagged over suspected financial ties with China and other foreign adversaries, the National Institute of Health says. As of this month, the Federal Health Agency has reached out to 90 institutions that receive government grants regarding 200 researchers. It has also removed 100 from the NIH ecosystem through resignation, termination, premature retirements, and internal um, departments, according to uh, the deputy director of extramural research for the NIH. Where here's the deal: a lot of these people are getting re- they were getting funded by taxpayer dollars in America through grants, and then they were doing their research and either doing the research in China or supplying the, the, the results of their research back to China at taxpayer expense so that China could benefit from it. That is just the tip of the iceberg is what I fear. 
So that's an interesting story out of the Epic Times. Now let's go to this YouTube story, Adrian. You know, it's, it's crazy. Real, real quick, though, as I wanted to point out, you know, I guess the, the moral of the story, what you're saying, is McCarthy was only wrong <laughs> in how uh, much he did not see that it's that the communist uh, infiltration in America ran far deeper than just politics. It was in every aspect of society, science, education, politics, everything, the church, everything was infiltrated by the communists. Uh, but about the story, yes, the New York Times story labeled, you, uh, YouTube videos brainwashed my father. Can I reprogram his feed? Uh, it's it's, it's kind of crazy. So it's basically this guy writes into the New York Times and asks a question. He says, my father, who's about 80 years old, he's a deeply religious man. He went to mass and says his rosary every day. Uh, recently, because of COVID, he's been watching mass online. And because of that, YouTube has been recommending him this far-right extremist uh, politics and other ideas. And so now he's refusing to take the COVID vaccine and amongst other things. And so he's asking, he's uh, writing to New York Times, would it be ethical for me to, uh, because I have his YouTube password because I helped him set it up because he's old um, and he doesn't know how to use technology. Would it be wrong if I disabled his search history so that way the algorithm doesn't start recommending him this far-right extremist ideas and uh, start uh, using his YouTube channel to start to program his algorithm to start recommending him normal stuff. Uh, things that normal people watch, the normal people, normal entertainment, such as modern music and soccer and other things instead of this bombardment of extremism. Uh, so I think that's crazy because it shows you where the mentality is that the... Um, a lot of people in the day t today, they think that the uh, anything right of center, anything right of the left, really, uh, even if you are just centered, uh, that's an extremist. You're mm. an extremist, and we have to do whatever we can in order to prevent you from having the truth or, or expressing anything that's contrary to the mainstream opinion. And they'll do anything with it. Uh, it's sort of like taking over your YouTube channel, taking over your information. These are the children. This is a, the child of a, yeah. of a grown man, and, and the child is a, is a grown man himself. Uh, so it, it's quite crazy to see uh, what it is. And the New York Times responded to this guy by saying, well, you know, I mean, it depends. You know, is it, what do you mean by right-wing extremism? If it's actually right-wing extremism, then yeah, you should totally do that. But, you know, maybe not if, <laughs> you know, if it's, it's left-wing extremism. No, that's Did fine. Did you do that too? No, no, it's fine. No, Left-wing left okay. extremism is actually good. I see, I see. Yeah, everybody knows that. Well, you know, the... The war over the future is with the children. And I think people like Planned Parenthood, for example, have learned that a very long time ago. They, they started going into the schools and working on education at the earliest possible level they could get to because they knew that would influence the next several generations of our country. And they have been very successful at that. I think also it should uh, speak to us as, as evangelists, as people who want to win back the culture for Christ, that we'll, our mission, our, our real conflict needs to happen with the children. Because right now, kids aren't tuning into news programs. I mean, they're not watching the headlines. They're not, even, they're not listening to, to shows like ours that provide you know, you know, commentary on the news. I mean, some are, of course, but few in comparison, where do where do the kids get their information? They're, well, they're going to get it from LeBron James. 
They're going to get it from TikTok. Their, their TikTok. They're going to get it from their famous, their their favorite famous singer or actor. I mean, the, did you guys watch the Oscars last night? <laughs> no. Of course not. <laughs> I mean, uh, nobody watches the Oscars. I can't remember the last time I watched anything like the Oscars or the Golden Globes or any of that stuff. It's just nonstop ranting. And I, I even think the left are pretty much sick of it. The ratings are terrible. The, but this is where people get their information from, by and large. So it's a very precarious situation if we're going to provide... Most people haven't even heard of the stories that we bring up. They don't even, even know, which is why we're trying to bring them up, so that people will know more about them. It seems rather precarious. But it gives us something to do, right? It gives us something to focus on. We do have a mission. And, uh, we, and although God is responsible for the activities of the world and life, uh, you know, nothing happens without his divine providence being involved. Either he wills it intentionally or he allows it to happen. We must do what we can. And we trust God for everything. And the one thing that I noticed among the young people, whenever I was talking to the guys, I was talking to them about these uh, perversions of men that the media shows, and they call it toxic masculinity if you try to be a man. Uh, and I was talking to these guys, these young kids, these high school boys, and they were like, they were like nodding their heads like, yeah, you're right. They're longing for the truth, and they're not getting it. They're longing for it, and they don't know where to look. And uh, it's it's not like we can just like hand deliver our show to them in their mailbox. They they don't they they don't discover these things. So it's it's very sad. So we need to be preaching the truth and talking to young people about these things. They they're longing for the truth. Yeah, praise be to God. Well, um, if you're listening to us on the Station of the Cross, you know consider making a contribution to the Station of the Cross. The opportunity to support Catholic Radio is vital in an ever increasing digital world that we live in. Uh, because they can't censor what's broadcast over the radio waves, but they sure can censor it everywhere else. So be a part of the evangelization of souls, of total strangers for the glory of God, by making that financial contribution. I'm sure they'll give you the phone number. You can tune in and uh, and make that contribution. They'd be grateful to you. God, all right, we're going to go to a break. We're going to come back. Breaking news and stories. And then Nick Clancy from Age of the Church Need. We'll be right back. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, Religion can never depend on minute disputes about doctrine. G.K. Chesterton says that's like saying that life can never depend on minute disputes about medicine. Will the man who says we don't want theologians splitting hairs also say, We don't want surgeons splitting filaments more delicate than hairs. Many a man would be dead today if his doctors had not debated fine shades about doctoring. It's also a fact that Western civilization would be dead today if its doctors of divinity had not debated fine shades about doctrine. We depend on doctors of medicine. We can also depend on the doctors of the church. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, chesterton.org. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. 
Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. Today's Monday, April 26th, and these are your headlines for today. The Franciscan University of Steubenville is conducting a research study to better understand COVID-19 and herd immunity. The university plans to evaluate 500 students and faculty by the end of April in a new study led by biology professor Dr. Kyle McKenna. The biology department and the Franciscan Institute of Science and Health have received a grant from the American Life League. The senior nursing majors at the university have already drawn blood from 200 individuals. And the blood is being analyzed for coronavirus antibodies in order to know what percentage of people on campus demonstrate an immune response to the coronavirus. McKenna said, To achieve herd immunity, which limits transmission of the virus, you need at least 60 to 70 percent of a given population to be resistant to infection. This decision was announced after the university declined at the end of March to offer a COVID-19 vaccination site on campus. Following the recently announced lockdowns in the province of Ontario, Bishop Ronald Fabro has once again decided to impose a near-complete ban on baptisms and confessions, with exceptions only being granted in danger of death and if a priest decides that there is a serious need. Bishop Fabro of the Diocese of London made the announcement in a press release issued April 17th, curtailing nearly the entire public life of the church in his diocese. He said, quote, Baptisms should be discouraged until the lockdown ends, but may be celebrated in danger of death, and confessions should also be discouraged until the lockdown ends, but also may be celebrated if the pastor determines a serious need. The ban on the sacraments comes as the diocese aims to conform to the latest severe restrictions announced by Ontario Premier Doug Ford last Friday. Due to what Ford described as the strictest measures in all of North America, a new 10-person limit was imposed upon churches and places of worship. And another young Catholic priest has been murdered in Nigeria. Father Ferdinand Fanen Nagugban was killed alongside six others on March 30th by followers of the criminal kingpin Terwase Akwaza, popularly known as Ghana in Katsina Allah. Father Nagugban had just offered the morning mass at St. Paul where he served when he was shot early on that Tuesday morning. The priest had provided shelter for many people in the area who had been displaced by the violence in the community. Father Nagugban was ordained to the priesthood in 2015 and was on his way to renew his priestly vows alongside his brother priests. He had served as the assistant priest at St. Paul Parish since 2018, where he helped to care for the many internally displaced persons hosted by the parish. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Monday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Thank you again, Emily, for keeping us up to date on the news. I want to thank GloryAndShine.com for generously underwriting a portion of Catholic Drive Time. They they are a Catholic family-owned company. They make personal care products like soaps and body mists and and all kinds of things, including even Beard Bomb, which uh, I got for the first time. And uh, this, the mint soap, I can't recommend it enough. It's amazing. At any rate, we're very grateful to them, and their website is gloryandshine.com. I have linked to it with their logo on our website, by the way. So if you're looking for like sort of a list of all of our sponsors, that's a great place to go at grnonline.com forward slash cdt, uh, grnonline.com forward slash cdt to include... 
Uh, our Fear and Trembling Game Show, the rules, the phone number, all of that is there as well. So if you're able to join us in the next hour, new prize this week. Praise be to God. GRNonline.com forward slash CDT. Let's go to our guest. Uh, he is uh, Our guest is Edward Clancy. He is with Age of the Church in Need, and we're very grateful to have him on board. We're talking about religious persecution and their brand new report that came out, I think it was just a week or so ago, uh, detailing the state of affairs in religious liberty and persecution all around the world. Edward, thank you for being on our program today. Joe, it's wonderful to be here. Unfortunately, not a very happy subject, but nonetheless, good to be with you. Yeah, praise be to God. It isn't a happy subject, uh, and in fact, it would seem to me things are actually getting a little worse since the last report came out. Uh, tell us, where are we at? Yes, unfortunately, uh, it, it would seem that uh, when things, as things got better, they got worse at the same time, that in certain countries, things improved, like places like Cuba and a few other countries, things improve. But sometimes when you're really terrible, improvement is really not that great. <laughs> oh. uh, but what has happened <laughs> is that, um, you know, a- across the, the African plain, the central part of Africa and throughout the Middle East and into Asia and into the Indian subcontinent, there's been a rise in, in, uh, in attacks on religions and especially Christians. That's the one area that is always neglected when they give these global reports, aside from ours, I think that uh, Christians are by far the most persecuted of all of the religions, with more than 60% of the crimes against uh, religion happening against Christians. So it's a difficult time to be Christian, but uh, it's the way the Church was born. I mean, we were born into a world where we were persecuted from the very beginning, and, and Jesus did promise us that we'd have to suffer, and unfortunately that's coming true. We were talking earlier in our program about our Turkey and the Armenians and the 100-year anniversary to the Armenian genocide that uh, was, you know, I guess 1919 to 2019, right? So we're just past that 100-year mark, 1.5 million Christians uh, slaughtered in that, and they seem to be ticking back up there. And we was also, I think Biden called out some of their issues, and the ambassador was recalled. Uh, so how does, like, countries like Turkey play in the report? Well, you know, it's good to look at history. I mean, having passed the 100th anniversary of the Armenian Genocide, if we look back to the early 20th century, the very beginning of the 20th century, Turkey at that time was at somewhere between 30 and 40 percent Christian. Today, it's under 3 percent. Wow. So you see in 100 years what has happened. And, you know, another genocide was recently declared, um, and that would have been in Syria and Iraq under the, the, the um, very bloody reign of ISIS, uh, where you see the similar thing happening in Iraq, where you see Christianity going from somewhere around 10 or 11%, maybe 50 years ago, now down to under 2%. So there is this push of Christianity out of the world um, or out of certain areas of, of the world. And so um, Turkey, for example, plays a major part because of their political power and because of their, their willingness to uh, accommodate certain aspects of being, becoming part of the EU, etc., but at the same time denying the facts, denying the fact that they were, you know, a, a country who killed one and a half million people. And in a sense, it was the, the predecessor for the, the, um, the slaughter, the genocide of the Jews in, in, in Germany. Because 
I forget which one of Hitler's henchmen said, who remembers the Armenians? Yeah. And yeah, so this is, this is going to be common. And now you, um, before I came on, the news report was about a young priest being killed in Nigeria. Last year in Nigeria, 3,500 Christians were killed or more. Wow. Because of their faith. So again, that's a country that most of us know because we're very blessed with many Nigerian vocations here in, in this country where uh, priests come here maybe for a short time or maybe permanently and they serve our church. And, you know, praise be God, we have them because the priesthood is a very important part of our faith. And so we see them every day, but we don't get the news. We don't get the reports of what's going on in Nigeria. For example, there are a number of young women who are now famous because of their situation. Leia Sharabu, for example, who in a couple of weeks will celebrate her 18th birthday. Her crime was that she would not renounce her faith. When Boko Haram rounded up about 100 girls, she was the only one of the group that was Christian would, that would not renounce Jesus Christ. And wow. for that, she's been enslaved for now going on four years. So you see these kind of things happening in many places around the world. And Nigeria is a very difficult country for many reasons because of the politics there, because of the ethnicities. So a lot of the Christian persecution, for example, happens under the guise of uh, tribal um, problems, or now the big thing is the, um, uh, uh, what you call it, climate change, and the fact that some of the pasture lands are drying up. And there's a group called the Fulani herdsmen, who are almost all Muslim. And they attack villages. Now, the reports will say it's a farmer a herdsman conflict. But as the priests who come from that region will say, the problem is that these herdsmen will go in and raid a town, but it's a Christian town. And they will leave the Muslim town, maybe two kilometers away, alone. So why is that? Why is it that the Christian towns seem to get ransacked and destroyed, you know, houses burned, people killed, women, you know, attacked in a, in a, in a brutal way. And so it, it's kind of this undercurrent of the, of the problems in the world to be anti-Christian. And religious persecution nonetheless does happen. I mean, we do have a situation in China, which is, you know, it wants to be anti-religious. Unless, of course, you want to worship their current premier. Um, or the families or communism or whatever they, they put before you. And we have the examples of the Uyghurs who are, you know, essentially in concentration camps or as they would be called, you know, education facilities where, you know, torture is happening, organ harvesting, um, forced abortions, things like that are happening in a province because China's trying to destroy uh, a dissident group or a, a group that will not come under their control. Hold that thought. Edward Clancy is our guest. Aid to the Church Need. Just put out a report. We'll link to it. Uh, But we're going to come back after this very short break. We're going to pick up right there with China. A lot of uh, terrible news, but we're going to talk more about that on the other side of this break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. How could we ever think a person wasn't worthy of living? One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. It's hard for us to believe, yet there are people in our country who say that persons with certain disabilities should not be allowed to be born. 
There is a danger that we will push aside people who make us uncomfortable, the sick or the elderly, for example. St. Benedict had a very different approach and said that care for them should rank above everything and that they should be served as Christ himself. He has a special chapter in his rule to provide compassionate consideration for the elderly and the very young. For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com, O-N-E-MinuteMonk.com. How do we regard persons whose weaknesses require special care from us? Do we want to ignore them and hope they will go away? Or do we see in them an opportunity to serve Jesus himself? Hi, I'm Emily Alcaraz, and I'm the co-host of the Catholic Drive Time Show, which airs from Monday to Friday at 6 a.m. Central Time. I'm excited to announce our partnership with our new underwriter, Real Estate for Life. Real Estate for Life offers a faith-based experience while supporting the gospel of life. They work with over a 1,000 pro-life agents worldwide and generously support a variety of pro-life organizations. Their website is realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. That film that I mentioned about the Armenian genocide, that was called The Promise, came out in 2017. And uh, had uh, Oscar Isaac and uh, Kristen Bale and Charlotte Lawan. And, and you can find it, I'm sure, if you Google it. It's called The Promise 2017. I'd recommend it, by the way. But our guest is Edward Clancy, and he is with Aid to the Church in Need. We're talking about their 2021 Religious Freedom report it is a it's a very extensive report by the way it's like 700 pages uh so it's quite long quite detailed um painting a picture that is very difficult let's just say but let's start back with china you it's where we left off so let's go back to china edward uh china the big this is a an ongoing theme over the last uh, several years the difficulties in china cannot be underestimated or understated rather so how does the report fare on China? Well, um, it doesn't paint a pretty picture of China. Um, we have examples, you know, dozens of examples of, of a persecution of different uh, faiths. Uh, again, you know, the Uyghurs in Shenzhou, um, there's about 2 million of them on or off in some sort of detainment or concentration camps. Um, and that's cluster region. Uh, that persecution against Christians is much more pervasive in that the Uyghurs are, are located pretty much in one province in one area, so they're easy to c- control, whereas Christian faith is spread out throughout China. Now, let us mix a, a sense of hope with this very dark news in the fact that the people that we know within China who live and work there and are part of the church say that if the restrictions and these brutal tactics against Christianity were lifted, that within two years there would be about 150 million conversions. Wow. Wow. And it would become one of the largest Christian countries in the world in a short period of time. And this is just because the people know the truth. They're not allowed to profess the truth or openly profess the truth. But we do have some examples of, I would call, superhuman heroic um, uh, faith. In an example would be Bishop James Shujin Jimin, who is a priest. He's now 89 years old. He's a bishop. 
He was made a bishop in the 80s. He has spent over 50 years of his life in and out of prison. And in 1996, he was arrest, arrested for the most recent time. His crime is he would not join the Patriotic Church. Mm-hmm. He would not renounce his, his fidelity to the Pope. He would not say that Jesus Christ um, has no one above him. And because of that, Bishop James has been in prison. And as of 2015, which was the last time there was confirmation he was still alive, there had been an effort within the country to try to gain his freedom. Now, they just celebrated the 70th anniversary of communist rule. And as part of it, they were doing, I guess, their sense of, um, you know, sort of uh, uh, what we would call a special jubilee year and making things right. And they were hoping during this time, especially with the agreement between the Vatican and, and the Chinese government, that Bishop James would be released, but he hasn't been. Because in a sense, he's become this stubborn little um, mark on their record of someone who wouldn't break. And this is why Tertullian said that the, the seeds of the faith are, are, are watered by the blood of the martyrs. This is, this is exactly the case. And so we have our example. We have these heroic people who will not give in. You know, I mentioned Leia Sharabu in Nigeria who would not renounce her faith and is being tortured. And you just think of that when we face our trials, because trials will come for all of us, and this is what we should do. Look at these people and say, that's my example. Jesus Christ is our guide. Um, Edward Clancy is our guest. Aid to the Church in Need is his organization, and uh, we're talking about this Religious Freedom Report 2021. Um, Edward, I know in the report there was some discussion about things like using the pandemic as sort of a smokescreen for increasing persecutions, uh, as well as uh, China using social credit score to to really limit people. Can you talk about the report in those aspects? Sure. Now, because of COVID and the fear of the virus spreading and the fear of this global pandemic killing, you know, tens if not hundreds of millions of people, the, the fear has put in this effort to control the population. Now, in China, they have been working on this, you know, facial recognition software and digital imaging and all of that, where there's this network of cameras throughout the country that will see where you are, what you're doing at different times. They have what they call as a social credit score. And what happens is if you are a good, quote-unquote, good Chinese citizen and do the right things, you get a higher score. If your scores are low, they don't let you travel. They won't get, you won't be able to get travel documents or plane tickets or different aspects of life to make your life easier. Wow. And so now what they're doing is they're using traffic in and out of churches as a demerit. So if you go to visit a church, you lose credit. And the more you visit the church, the lower your credit, the lower your score is. Wow. Now this is, this is software that was developed not in China, but outside by, by Western um, interests. And yet Chinese are making good on this, or good, bad on this, uh, uh, on this technology. The other thing that happened with COVID is they've used it as a, as a cudgel, as a, as, a, as a blunt hammer to separate and hurt communities. We've had examples in India where uh, up in the Northeast, uh, in the Diocese of Miao, which 35 years ago had almost no Christians, now has 200,000 Christians, mainly Catholics, because of the efforts of these wonderful priests and nuns who have gone up there and done work. They were 
their, their food rations were restricted at a time when, you know, the government wasn't allowing traffic. It happened in Pakistan. In Pakistan, the Christian population is, is under 2%. And Christians tend to live in ghettos or in small communities. And because of this, they're easy to seclude. So when they locked down Pakistan, what happened was they just stopped sending food into those areas or restricted the delivery. So what you end up happening, what you end up happening, have happened is similar to what happened in the Soviet Union with the Ukrainian uh, population, where there's access to food, but there's no access to it. Mm. So they, they use these kind of measures as a, you know, sideway into persecution and in a sense, genocide. And so this has been happening throughout the world. And in, in, in fact, when you look at Africa and you look at Nigeria, some of the Northeast provinces, which have Boko Haram, have been brutally attacked because of, because of the COVID crisis, the government has restricted traffic in and out. So that has allowed these, these um, you know, criminals to continue their reign unabated, whereas the government won't send any resources up there, quote-unquote, for fear. And, you know, these are the kind of things that, okay, we have to make sacrifices once in a while, but you also have to be willing to say that there's a good and a bad to every measure, and sometimes these supposed goods are actually done for, for, to produce a bad, measure, a bad result. Are there any Western countries listed in the report? Well, um, yes, we do have some of the problems in, for example, in Venezuela. Obviously, there's, there's Cuba. There's uh, other countries. I mean, every country is listed. We have even the United States is listed for things that have happened, you know, within the country as far as religious freedom, because religious freedom does not have to have the government necessarily acting against you to restrict you. It could be, you know, communities. It could be acts of violence. It could be things like that. And unfortunately, for example, what's going on now in, in Canada, had this report been done next year, we might see some other restrictions where, you know, they're shutting down churches and, you know, escorting people out. And it's happening in, in Europe as well, you know, because of the, go the COVID crisis. And there's a good thing to being safe. There's a good thing to maintaining social distance. And I will use an example here in New York City, where I live. My daughter goes to a Catholic school. The Catholic schools here have operated in class every day since the beginning of the year and have had no COVID outbreaks other than a few instances of people, you know, coming up positive. And yet the New York City public schools are essentially shut down. There's very little in-class learning. And you, you see here how there's an example of the church seeing the need for in-class learning and understanding that there's going to be a price to pay to make it work and doing it. And these are the things that sometimes you see other places they're unwilling to do. They're unwilling to take that step. And what they do end up doing is they restrict people from moving in and out of places, for example, churches. And even though the church will survive, it will be difficult after this to really go back to a quick return, you know, where people will be coming into church will be worshiping openly because of this fear. Mm. And, you know, the one thing we have to do is conquer that fear. We have to be willing to once in a while say, I trust in God. I have to take this chance. I have to do what's right. 
We have about 60 seconds left, Edward, uh, from Aid to the Church in Need. <clears throat> Who are the worst offenders on the report? I would say if you had to pick any place, it would be Pakistan for me. Because in Pakistan, there is there's incredible uh, hardships put upon the Christians. But one of the biggest things is there are over a thousand girls each year that are kidnapped, girls under 15 years old, and, you know, pushed into a life of, of servitude, of uh, sexual slavery or quote-unquote marriages. Uh, we have an example of a 12-year-old, Farah Shaheen, who was stolen and then quote-unquote married as a 19-year-old and abused by her supposed husband, put into the pen with animals to live with animals. And she was 12 years old, and this happened to her. And it took six months for the Pakistani government to admit that she wasn't 19 years old. She looks like a little girl. There's no way she could have been anything else. Wow. And Pakistan is regularly doing this by, by virtue of non-action. So this is a place like Pakistan that we have a relationship with as, as a government. Say, no more. This yeah. can't be done. Amen. All right, Edward Clancy, thank you for your time today. We're very grateful to you and aid to the church in need for this report. It's been uh, sobering, to say the least. But God bless you and God love you, Edward. Have a great day. You too. Thank you, Joe. God bless you and all of your listeners. Amen. All right, that is going to do it for hour number one of Catholic Drive Time. If you can join us in the second hour, we've got a game show to play and prizes are involved. So a lot more inspiration coming up in the second hour. You can find us online at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. The links to our social streams are there. Tomorrow, Austin Ruse in the State of the Family. We'll be right back. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. What should I keep in mind when I'm trying to defend my faith? Well, number one, ingrain this into your psyche. The Bible is a Catholic book. The Catholic Church gave it to the world, which means there is nothing, nothing in the Bible that is contrary to anything in the Catholic faith, and there is nothing in the Catholic faith that is contrary to anything in the Bible. Always remember that. This is important to remember because a lot of times folks will quote a passage from the Bible that proves the Catholic Church is wrong. Whenever someone quotes your Bible verse that proves the Catholic Church is wrong on something, your response should be, Amen. I believe what the Bible says. As a Catholic, I believe everything the Bible says. However, I don't agree with your personal infallible interpretation of that passage. And the reason you don't agree with their personal interpretation is because 100% of the time you're presented with a verse that proves the Catholic Church wrong, that verse has either A, been taken out of context, or B, the verse simply doesn't say what they're trying to make it say. Number two, and this flows directly from number one, the Catholic Church can be defended solely from the Bible better than any other Christian faith tradition can be. A good bit in the various Protestant faith traditions actually contradicts the Bible, so do not be afraid to engage non-Catholics in a discussion of the Bible. And number three, if you are ever asked a question about your faith that you cannot answer, don't worry. There is an answer for that question. You just need to go and find it. Simply respond, I don't know, but I will find out and get back to you. Then find out and get back to them. As Catholics, we need to reclaim the Bible. It's our book. We need to read it, pray it, learn it, and use it to bring our separated brothers and sisters back to the church. 
If you keep these things in mind, you have started down the road to being a very effective apologist for the Catholic faith. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. GloryAndShine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. GloryAndShine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At GloryAndShine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, GloryAndShine.com. Thank you again. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. It's Monday. You survived it. Get back to normal, as they say. I'm just teasing. Who doesn't want to go be back on the weekend? Who doesn't want to sleep in today and do something more interesting and fun? But we're going to have a great show lined up. We just wrapped up an interesting conversation with Edward Clancy from Age of the Church in Need about their 2021 religious Freedom or Liberty Report, which is depressing in some ways because it's been getting worse, worse and worse. And the number one most persecuted group of religious people on planet Earth, uh, Dermal, please. Okay, uh, it's just Christians. The answer is just Christians. We, it's too early in the morning for Dermals, I guess. I have the button. You have the button. Speaking of, uh, speaking of buttons, Adrian Fonseca, everybody, on the ones and twos. But Emily is here, too. Good morning to you, Emily. Good morning. Yeah, great conversation. And he was really knowledgeable about that. So it's great because people, I, feel, I find that people don't believe that Christians are actually persecuted, which is ridiculous because yeah. we are actually the most persecuted group. Um, most of that persecution outside of the West. But yeah. Yeah. So we'll be posting the conversation with Edward and Aid to the Church Need later today on YouTube and on Facebook and Rumble and, and everywhere else we can later today. God bless you. Uh, speaking of interesting, you know, I found something very interesting, Emily. You uh, are apparently, all of us, I guess, but, uh, you know, you're leaving here in a few weeks. Praise be to God. You're going to uh, go back to the Windy City and God's will be done for your life and we're praying for you. But, uh, you know, I find it very fascinating. How few the number of human beings on planet Earth there are that could possibly fill your role. <laughs> I mean, it's literally t- the sliverest of the human population that's capable of of stepping into the void. Wow, who knew? I mean, I, it's, I put out a post on Facebook and I said, we're looking for, you know, obviously a replacement. Uh, you know, we have some people we're talking to, but we're looking for, you see who who else wants to consider the the opportunity you know nationally syndicated radio show catholic dealing head head on with the issues uh, having some fun in the process you have to be faithfully catholic courageous in the face of cancel culture zealous for souls and then you know i listed all these criteria and they're like yes 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 that's me that's me that's me and then i say and you got to get up super early they're like we're out we're done i can't do it you know, it, it, it astonishes me 
how few there are in Catholics in the area who would be incredible on many other fronts, but can't get themselves out of bed early enough. Like, that boggles the mind. But that is the way it goes. So praise be to God. You are an, an elite crowd, Emily. Congratulations. Apparently. We all are. <laughs> best of the best. Tip of the spear. The leading edge. So congratulations to you. Praise be to God. All right. We're going to have our fear and trembling game show coming up here in just a few minutes. Uh, we're going to do Saint of the Day, Gospel of Day, right after Emily's breaking news and stories. So if you want the phone number and the rules and all of that, you can find all of that linked up on our website at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Also, um, so after show comes up in the second half of this hour where you get to drive that conversation. So all that's going to come up in this hour today. And we're very grateful for you. But we have a, a huge lineup for you this week. I'm pretty excited, too. Austin Ruse is going to be on tomorrow, and then Wednesday, Bishop Athanasius Schneider is going to be on our program, and we're going to be talking about relativism within the church, the sort of the tyranny of relativism, an ongoing theme of conversations that we've been having with our guests. So pretty, pretty awesome lineup all week long. Hopefully you'll be able to join us for all or most of that uh, this week. Make sure to share with friends and family. Help us grow the audience. We're very grateful to you. But So, big hour. Let's uh, pray for whatever your needs are. Of course, we're praying for our own needs here at the team, as well as the Guadalupe Radio Network, Station of the Cross. And again, whatever, whatever you need. Let's ask Our Lady, Queen of Heaven and Earth, to intercede for all of us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection implored thy help or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O mother of the word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the headlines with Emily Alcaraz. The beatification of Cardinal Stefan Wyszynski, the former primate of Poland who heroically resisted communism, will take place on Sunday, September 12th. Wazinski will be beatified alongside Sister Rosa Maria Czaka, a Polish nun who died in 1961 after a lifetime of service to blind people. In 1953, Wazinski was placed under house arrest by communist authorities for three years for refusing to punish priests active in the Polish resistance against the communist regime. The Vatican announced the approval of a miracle attributed to Wyszynski's intercession last October. The miracle involved the healing of a 19-year-old woman from thyroid cancer in 1989. After the young woman received the incurable diagnosis, a group of Polish nuns began praying for her healing through the intercession of Wyszynski, who died of abdominal cancer. The Polish Parliament declared 2021 the year of Cardinal Stefan Wyszynski in anticipation of his beatification. Pope Francis ordained nine men to the priesthood on Sunday, urging them to be shepherds like Christ throughout their priestly lives. In a largely off-the-cuff homily in St. Peter's Basilica, April 25th, he told them that they would share in the mission of Christ, saying, quote, You will be shepherds like him. This is what he wants of you, pastors, pastors of God's holy faithful people, pastors who go with God's people, sometimes in front of the flock, sometimes in the middle or behind, but always there with God's people. The Pope urged the ordinance to seek closeness to God, their bishop, their fellow priests, and the people of God throughout their priestly service, adding, A priest who does not pray slowly extinguishes the fire of the Spirit within. 
And Pope Francis has declared a blind 14th century Italian lay Dominican a saint Saturday using a process known as equipolent canonization. Margaret of Costello was born blind and with a severe curvature of the spine in 1287, and her parents abandoned her in 1303. She was later admitted to the Third Order of St. Dominic, and while remaining a laywoman, she received a religious habit which she wore for the rest of her life. The Holy See Press Office said April 24th that the Pope had authorized the extension of the liturgical cult of Blessed Margaret of Costello to the Universal Church during a Saturday morning meeting with Cardinal Marcello Semeraro, Prefect of the Vatican Congregation for the Causes of Saints. She will now be inscribed among the saints via the procedure also called equivalent canonization, where the requirement for a miracle attributed to the candidate's intercession is waived. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Monday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to God in all things. Blessed Stanislav Kubista, pray for us. Blessed Stanislav was born on the 27th of September, 1898, in Poland. He was one of nine children. He served in the Army of the French Front in 1917 all the way to 1919. He became a member of the Society of the Divine Word, making his perpetual vows on the 29th of September in 1926. Ordained in 27, though, and became a middle school teacher, a novice master, a spiritual director, built and ran a printing press, edited and published The Little Missionary, The Little Missionary Calendar, calendar of the word of god messenger of saint joseph and other works however on the 27th of october 1939 he was arrested by the nazis and transferred to a a prison concentration camp where they would martyr him for the faith he died on the 26th of april 1940 in germany and he was beatified by pope saint john paul ii on june 13th 1999 blessed stanislav kubista pray for us The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 10, verses 1 through 10. Jesus said, Amen, amen, I say to you. Whoever does not enter a sheepfold through the gate, but climbs over elsewhere, is a thief and a robber. But whoever enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens it for him, and the sheep hear his voice as the shepherd calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has driven out all his own, he walks ahead of them, and the sheep follow him, because they recognize his voice. But they will not follow a stranger, they will run away from him, because they do not recognize the voice of strangers. Although Jesus used this figure of speech, the Pharisees did not realize what he was trying to tell them. So Jesus said again, Amen, amen, I say to you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. A thief comes only to steal, slaughter, and destroy. I come so that they might have life and have it more abundantly. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. 
You get that? How do you find you if you if you try to go through the back way, if you try to go over and on top, if you try to do it your way, as Frank Sinatra would uh, famously sing, well, that is not the way. You would become a thief and a robber. What is the true way? The only way? It is the way, the truth, and the life. It is Jesus Christ Himself. He is the way through which we come to the Father. He is the way through which we find green pastures and salvation. Adrian, what'd you find? Uh, yes, there's a lot here as always. Uh, a couple things that I want to focus in on. One thing, uh, because they do not recognize the voice of strangers. Uh, this is getting at what is referred to in theology as the sensus fidelium, uh, the sins of the faithful. And you also, uh, the professor Plinio referred to it as a Catholic sense. You would get a Catholic sense. So you have your common sense, which is like, you know, you notice things, you just use your reason and figure out it seems, seem, things kind of seem kind of fishy. It kind of got to go the other way. Kind of like whenever someone says that a man can become a woman, common sense would just tell you, you don't need a biology degree or anything like that. You could just tell, mm, that doesn't sound right to me. It doesn't really make much sense. In the same way, we have a Catholic sense. Uh, just by being, uh, by the baptism, by our baptism, by our, uh, very nature of having the Holy Ghost within us, we just get a feeling about certain things. Whenever a, a priest is preaching heresy, something just doesn't feel right. And then sometimes we'll say, oh, well, you know, father knows best. Father knows best. So he probably knows and I'm wrong. And you will probably, and you'll push it away and you will, uh, accept what the priest says. But no, we have to listen to that Catholic sense we have there because there are thieves and robbers. And why are they called thieves and robbers? Well, a robber was also typically, uh, they typically were also murderers. And so, cause they would, uh, steal what you had and kill the people there and leave them there to die. And so whenever they said they're, they were thieves and robbers, that means they were stealing and they're murdering. What are they doing? They're stealing souls from Christ and murdering their souls because they're sending them to hell. And so that's one of the important things that we have here is that we must be aware because we should fear not those who can uh, harm the body, but those who can harm the soul in hell forever. Uh, that's the important thing that we have to remember. That's the important thing we have to defend ourselves against and our families against. That's why we have to preach and tell our families uh, the truth of the gospel message in order that they do not fall into these heresies. Uh, Cornelius Lapide then goes in and talks about what exactly does this parable, what does this parable mean? Because our Lord gives a description of it, but he doesn't fully explain it all. So one, the sheepfold is the church of God. So that's the, the church itself is the sheepfold. The owner is God, the father, the door is Christ or faith in him. So we have to go through the door. We have to go through Christ. The porter is the Holy ghost. So the Holy spirit is one who opens the door. The sheep are not merely the predestined, but also all the faithful. So those that are, um, all the people who are in the church, not necessarily the ones that make it to heaven, but all the faithful that are currently alive. Um, the porter, let's see. And the, the true pastors and prelates are those who enter through Christ. Notice he says the true pastors. He said, if you cl try to climb over and not humiliate yourself and walk through the door, then you will fall. Uh, and where do you fall to, to the ground or to hell seven to those porters, the Holy ghost openeth, uh, which is to say the Holy ghost will lead the true pastors and prelates into truth and lead out the sheep into the pastors, which are doctrine, grace, virtues, the teachings of the church. Uh, and that's kind of the, the parable in, in its fullness uh, explained by Cornelius Lapide. All right. Praise be to God. The game show's coming up next. New prizes are at stake this week, and you could win. All you got to do is be the first caller at 877-757-9424. Three questions in my hand. Catholic trivia questions. And the caller does not even need to know the answers to any of these questions to become a winner. 
All you got to do is call 877-757-9424. Phone lines are open. You could be next at 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Fear and Trembling is up next. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10 through 11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2, 10 through 11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2, 10 through 11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Phone lines are wide open. If you've never played before or it's been a long time, well, now is your chance at 877-757-9424-877-757-9424-877-757-9424 is the phone number to call. Your opportunity has never been better and new prizes are involved this week. So let me tell you how this works. So we have uh, three Catholic trivia questions in my hand, and you don't even need to know the answers to this. Just call 877-757-9424 to be the contestant. Now, here's the deal. We don't ask the caller the questions. We ask Emily. We ask Adrian. One of them will be right, and the other will be wrong. And then the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to decide who do they trust more. Do they trust Emily? Do they trust Adrian? And then every right answer goes into the coffee cup of Divine Providence to win this week's prize. 
Tell them what they could win, Emily. This week's prize sponsor, and I know I say this every single week, but this is a great sponsor, Salem Studio. The website is shopsalemstudio.com, and they actually make kitchenware and stuff that you can actually use that has a Catholic influence on it. So this week, Salem Studio is giving away a spoon and trivet bundle. So it's going to be a wooden spoon and, um, uh, you know, those heat protectors that you can put pots on top of. And it has a quote from St. Teresa of Avila that says, our Lord walks, moves amidst the pots and pans. So great Mother's Day gift. Mother's Day is coming up. Salem Studio has kitchenware that you can give to your mom. So thank you, Salem Studio. All right. Praise be to God. Uh, interesting this morning. Uh, you know, normally the phone, go- phone lines light up. I mean, but today it's uh, praise be to God, God's providence. We have no caller today. So uh, I'm going to give one more chance here. If you want to play, now's the chance, or else the, these three opportunities will just not happen today. 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. This is a first, I think, for Catholic Drive Time. Uh, to Oh, there we go. Four calls. Praise be to God. Wow. All right. So we're going to let Adrian screen one of those, right? Full phone lines. So thank you. Praise be to God. Uh, we'll now have uh, ourselves an opportunity here. But uh, so here's the deal. Like we said a minute ago, we're just going to give Adrian a moment to get the, f- the first line lined up. Uh, but we'll have three Catholic trivia questions. You don't need to know the answers. And then every right answer goes into a chance to win the prize uh, from our sponsors. So praise be to God for that. And one more time on the website there for the sponsor. Their website is shopsalemstudio.com. And that's Salem as in Salem, Massachusetts, S-A-L-E-M. They also are on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. All right. Praise be to God. Uh, I think we have ourselves a caller. There was just about six calls that just flew in all at the same time. Uh, maybe it's Monday and we're just all like a little bit sleepy today or something. I'm not even sure. But uh, I want to thank those that did call in. New opportunity tomorrow morning. So don't wait so long tomorrow. Call in sooner and uh, maybe you'll get your opportunity. But let's go to the phone lines here. Don, good morning to you. Thanks for being a part of our program. I'm glad to be a caller and have your show run today. Have your game show run today. Praise be to God. You saved our bacon today, Don. Uh, <laughs> we're very grateful to you. Now, where are you calling from? I'm in Greenville, Texas. I'm a second-time caller. Called a few months ago. Yeah, praise God. And remind us again, what parish you go to? St. Williams. St. Williams. Nice. Well, Don, you're a veteran. You know the deal. You know you can't trust Emily or Adrian. Uh, they can be very tricky, right? I know that they can. I know about half the time they're right. <laughs> <laughs> You're very generous to say half, Don. I'm just going to say that out loud. All right. Uh, Radio. Let's, uh, let's play the game. We'll start with Emily, as is our custom. Emily, are you ready? I'm ready. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? I'm ready. Emily, here we go. Can you tell me, what was the name of Cain and Abel's brother? Uh, they had a brother? I feel like we've done this question before. Well, then tell me what the answer is. Jacob. Jacob. Yes. Okay. Let's see what Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me what was the name of Cain and Abel's brother? Seth. Seth? Did you Seth. say Seth? Seth. So Seth is your answer. Seth's my answer. All right. So Adrian is on the hook for Seth, and Emily is on the hook for Jacob. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Don, what say you? I'm going to go with Adrian today. Survey says. Wow. Well done. See, trusting me works out every once in a while. Every 
thirty percent of the chance. I'm just teasing. Uh, not bad, Don. Of the questions, he's right. Now, so <laughs> that was a pretty easy one. You got that one. Yeah, you, you knew that already. That wasn't tricky, right? Uh, no, um, felt confident in that one. <laughs> All right. Well, so let's see what happens on this next one. Fair warning: this one could be a little trickier. Let's just see how it goes. Adrian, what is the name? For the changing of the bread and wine into the body and blood of Jesus. What is the $10 word that we like to use? That would be transignification. What did you say? Transignification. Transignification. Yes, sir. Okay. Let's see what Emily has to say. Emily, can you tell me what is the name for the changing of the bread and wine into the body and blood of Jesus? Uh, Adrian was close. Um, I think he has a stutter, though. It's transubstantiation. Transubstantiation. Yes. Hmm, okay. Emily is on the hook for transubstantiation. And Adrian is on the hook for trans... What'd you call it? Signification. Transsignification. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Don, what say you? I'm going to go with Emily this time. Survey says... Smart man. Smart well man. Done. Well done, Don. You were thought fooled at all by what what transignification? Yes, we we gotta it, make it a little harder. Like, well, well transignification <laughs> was a, a, a idea brought up by Edward Schilebex about how the, the bread and wine changes its significance. I forgot about that. Yeah, we learned about yeah, that. That's oh, a, yeah, but kind, it's of, a real kind of sketch. Thing. Kind of sketch. Clearly Don is better read than that. Ninety percent of the things I say are actually real things. <laughs> <laughs> well. was, was that tricky, Don? Did you feel like that was a trickier one? Made me ponder a second, but I was confident with Emily. I mean, uh, have you have you patterned and profiled Adrian so far? I mean, I think the audience is starting to figure them out a little. I'm going to have to mix this stuff up a little bit more. What do you say, Don? Well, I say that the, sometimes those 10% answers are pretty obvious. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag wrong, so, so wrong. All right. <laughs> yeah. third, you're in the cup for two times now, Don. Congratulations. Uh, third time here. Thank uh, you. Now, this could be the, the hardest one of all. Uh, let's just see how it goes. Emily, what was the term given to heretics who held that there were two persons as well as the two natures in Christ? I love this question. My favorite thing in theology class was to learn about the heresies. Oh, this really? is it's so interesting. It's a weird hobby, but okay. Nestorianism. Nestorianism. After yeah, the heresies are usually named after the heretic. So, so they, they call them Nestorius. Nestorius or Nestorians yeah. or something? Yeah. Okay. Let's see what Adrian has to say here. Adrian, can you tell me what was the term given to heretics who held that there were two persons as well as the two natures in Christ? You know, I also love the heresies. We It's a lot of fun. My freshman class, we had a uh, to do a mock debate, and I had to defend the heretics. It was pretty fun. Really? Uh, yeah, so I had to, and I, I, and I won, sadly. It was, it was, actually, it was very awkward. <laughs> very sad. Uh, but very sad, very I would sad. say uh, a Eudichian. A Eudichian. A Eudichian. Mm, okay. Adrian is on the hook for Eudichian, and Emily is on the hook for Nestorians. 15 seconds on the clock. Don, who's right? Who's wrong? What say you? Um, Joe, you say that you're on our side on this. I might need to ask help on this one, but uh, <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to go with Emily. Survey says 
Well, good choice. Good choice. Wow. Three for three. Wow. What uh, what leaned you that way, Don? Uh, I I don't know. (laughs) Intuition. I know that I think Emily's leaving at the end of the uh, end of the week, and I thought she's going to get more right answers. Go out. <laughs> That's a good idea. Actually, you think she's more you know sentimental towards the listener and making sure they get it get it right every time. I got it. Yeah, yeah less yeah. less uh, ruthless as Adrian is. I see where you're going with all of this. Well, congratulations! You're in the coffee cup for three times for uh, the prize again this week, Emily. The prize is a spoon and cork trivet bundle from ShopSalemStudio.com. Praise be to God, Don. God bless you, my friend. Uh, well done. Uh, well played. You got that pretty, uh, you, you, you navigated those tricky waters pretty well. I'm very proud of you. Well, thank you very much. I'm glad to be in the coffee cup. God bless you, Don. We're going to put you on hold. Make sure we get your phone number just in case. It is God's providential will that you are pulled out on Friday, so you have to tune in for that. But we're very grateful to you. Have a great day to you, Don. Thank you, and good luck, Emily, in your future endeavors. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. All right. That is going to do it for the first uh, for the radio side of our, our broadcast today. It's Monday. That frog brain it is sure real. Is. The challenge, the, the, you know, the struggle is real, as they say. But we are going to go into the after show. So if you can join us in the after show, we would love to hang out with you. Uh, whatever you want to talk about, you get to drive that conversation. You just need to be on Facebook or, or Twitter or on YouTube. We'll be reading your comments and interacting with you here just in a moment. If you're going to listen to the Mass, if you're going to broadcast or listen and tune into the Mass or go to a Mass today, Would you do us the favor of keeping our prayer intentions as part of your intentions at Holy Mass? That would mean a lot to us. We we would be very grateful to you. Otherwise, we'll see you back here tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. Austin Ruse, he kind of watches what's going on in the international stage, on the U.N. stage, and on family and marriage. We'll be having that conversation tomorrow. And then Bishop Athanasius Schneider will be on on Wednesday. So powerful lineup this week. Hopefully you'll join us for that. I guess we'll see you back here tomorrow or in the after show in a minute. God bless you. God love you. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time in the after show, where we conversate more casually. We let our hair down, so to speak, about whatever it is you want to talk about. You get to drive the conversation and uh, let us know what's on your mind. If you want to ask questions, you want to comment on anything we discussed today, you know, or just let us know what you did over the weekend. I'd love to conversate with you about that. Uh, have you seen the film The Promise? I would love to know that. Put that in the comments. Where Poe Dameron plays in the film. I mean, the actual uh, actor's name is Oscar Isaac, I guess, but uh, we'll just call him Poe because it's easier. Um. By the way, do you do you like the last three Star Wars? I mean, if you do, do does it bother you that, you that you're weird and you're the only human person that actually likes those films? I'm just curious. You can comment on that as well. Joe, I have a confession. Oh, don't say it. 
Don't I, say I take it. it back. I don't even want to say it anymore. Don't, don't. You're leaving. You're a short timer now. So you got, what, uh, two weeks in a wake up now? Not even. Close to just about two weeks in a wake up, as we used to say in the Marine Corps. I've never seen a single Star Wars movie. What? Not even a what? clip. Not yeah. even a clip. What? Yeah. All right. So have a great <laughs> life. Fired. God bless you. <laughs> Uh, the, I, I'm submitting your two weeks. Get the key b- now. Not even the originals. Nothing. Not even what? a clip. I don't know any of the character. I know Yoda because. Are you being serious? Or are you joking? That's just a cultural thing. But I don't know the characters. I don't know the plots. I don't know anything. I am. What? I am blown away. <laughs> How did I not know this? What? What? I didn't like. It just, all right, it just, all right, I, Joe. This has to be all in the interview from now on. Whenever we're interviewing for people, ask them: Have you heard of Star Wars? I, yes. Have you watched any any like, clip of Star Wars? Clearly, I am, I've reached I've reached yeah. this point where it just seems like such a big task. Like it's such a huge investment of my time and yes. energy. We'll ignore everything. I'm scared except for the first three. I'm scared. Okay. Everybody has opinions on like how Everyone to watch it. Everyone has and, opinions. <laughs> I have a T-shirt that says I have opinions. <laughs> I have opinions. Just ask yeah, me. That's it. That's all it says. It just says. Laura, uh, Laura I have Powell's like, no Star Wars? Never? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Yes. I'm so sorry. Josh everyone. said, okay, literally, how is that even possible, Emily? I'm yes. sorry. Yes. I'm. Okay. Let me just. Okay, <laughs> audience, listen. Mea culpa. Mea culpa. Mea maxima culpa. I, I did not know. I didn't think I needed to ask these questions when we were doing the hiring process. <laughs> this is a big deal. But I promise you, you have my word. The next, if we we get to hire somebody next, we will be asking that question right up. <laughs> and if they right have not front. seen it, they're on the, part of the requirements before their first day will be to watch some form of media with Star Wars in it. Yes, yeah, so it doesn't matter any of it, the, any form of media. The question will be: Okay, can you name three movies Poe Dameron has been in? Poe Dameron has been in, and then uh, <laughs> depending on how they answer that question, will depend on whether or not we give them another opportunity to interview. I would guess. Wow, no Star Wars. You've shocked the audience, Emily. <laughs> like, they are just like, they're leaving in droves right now. The truth they're just comes like, we're out. out of here. Can't handle this. They uh, s- I, I saw someone say, Emily, you can leave now. No, I'm just uh, kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> oh, it didn't happen. That's no, cold. Just, <laughs> that was cold, man. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> Josh's mind is blown. He's like, how do you not even know that Darth Vader is Luke's father? What? Okay, I remember someone saying that. Someone had a Darth Vader toy when I was a kid, and it said that when you pressed a button. Like, oh Luke, goodness. I am your father. So I do know uh, two things. Two things. When I was a kid, um, of course, we grew up on the, the original, uh, the best of the best. The yeah, re- honestly. Everything else was not as good. This is accurate. And uh, and we, 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 as kids, this is what we played all the time me with too. Star Wars. Yeah, me and my brothers, all, or my brothers, I had a, a brother. Me and my brother would have, we had our lightsabers and we'd go at it. And we'd like smash each other's hands. My kids are uh, played with lightsabers all the time. And we, I don't let them watch the newest ones because they're terrible. They're, yeah, they're horrible. Pretty horrible. They're That's pretty why. horrible. Uh, but how, like, I always got stuck playing Han Solo. Every time. What? Yes. You got the short end of the stick. Bro. I was always Han Solo. That's terrible. Yeah, well, that's the way he it goes. He doesn't have a lightsaber. No, he didn't. The best part of Star Wars is the lightsaber. He didn't even have the Force. Aye, aye. So, uh, yeah, that was that was life. I don't understand how you grew I, up I do Star know Wars. what lightsabers are, yep. <laughs> you do have <laughs> some recollection. Those are the things you eat, right? The neighborhood kids had some that they played with. Aye, aye. <laughs> I watched over the weekend Mortal Kombat. I would not recommend. It was, uh, <laughs> oh my. It was very violent and uh, 4 out of 10 just in terms of quality. But it was very <laughs> enjoyable as an action film. 
for a, for a Mortal Kombat film. It was really good. It was terrible, man. You should be ashamed of yourself. Lori Pal- Powell is putting spoilers in the comments for you, Emily. Oh, like, that's okay. Spoiler, Luke and Leia are twins. What? <laughs> I don't know who that is. <laughs> no way. <laughs> uh, the greatest Star Wars film ever, though, was Empire Strikes Back. Oh. Uh, mm, I disagree. Yeah. No, no I'm sorry. Uh, You're wrong. How would you know? You've not seen them. <laughs> Okay. Adrian, I want to participate. Adrian, shut her mic off. What did she know <laughs> about films? <laughs> uh, I think you're right. Terrible. I think Empire Strike Back is actually probably the best. Best one. I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm trying to see if I could disagree with you, but Go no, no. I think you're right. Have fun with it. Yeah, I, I was trying. I was like, you know, I just want to be a contrarian, but yeah. now that I'm thinking about it, I, I think you're right. But it, you know what? The best one would have been the 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 first of the last three. Had they delivered to the fans the one thing the fans asked for. More Jar Jar Binks. I feel bad for the actor who played Jar Jar Binks. Did you know he almost <laughs> committed suicide? What? Because of this? Yeah. Because of the backlash to his character. Wow. He almost jumped off the Brooklyn Bridge. Holy moly. It's a true story. We should book him. I like Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. I, I felt really terrible about that, actually. No. If they'd given us the Luke Skywalker we all wanted at the end of the imp- uh, uh, of a Return of the Jedi in the last three films, then it would have been great. We could have all been singing the praises of these last three films. But instead, they gave us a joke. And, um, and for that, they get nothing. It's terrible. How do hmm. we get on Star Wars anyway? I have no idea. I walked How over here we, and ba- y'all were talking about Star Wars. Valentine has asked, did anybody watch Roe v. Wade? Yes, I did. Uh, we interviewed Nick Loeb about that film, and I, my wife and I watched it over the weekend. Valentine, before I tell you how, what I thought, I would love to know what you thought. You'd tell us in the comments. And before we do that, real quickly, uh, we had two first-time commenters today. What? And uh, that would be Elizabeth Madigan. She said she's been watching for a long time. She said, hi, Adrian. Been listening to you all for a few months for, from New York. And I've been very blessed by the show. Praise, Praise be, to, be God. to God. That's amazing. Thank you, Elizabeth. Absolutely. And the other first-time commenter, I think, I'm not 100% sure, but William Peace, I don't recognize you. There so. was a third one. Oh, there's a third one? I think so. I'm trying to go back through the comments right now. Well, um, while you look for it, I have something to give to these first-time commenters. Praise be to which God. Which is this great sound. Jesus oh, whoops. Not oh, the right button. Wrong Jesus one. Oh, we man. need to move these buttons apart oh. from each other. Why do they put these buttons next to each other? Who, who put these buttons Your next to each other? Your review is coming up. Let me just remind you. <laughs> um, we're going to have to have a conversation around but, button placement and button efficiency. Yeah, I have no idea who put these buttons right next to each other. Like, I who did that? It's not right what you do to our listeners. Sorry, this is what I meant to play. Okay. Uh, Thank you for, for first time commenting. Thank you for commenting on our program for the first time ever. Praise be to God. Patty, good morning. I know she went off to Mass, but I just want to say good morning to you. Dave Palmer, good morning. Listening on Station of the Cross. They have a big uh, uh, appeal going on this week. Uh, Christopher Chance, good morning. Praise be to God. Bruce, good morning to you. Thank you for hanging out with us today. We're very grateful to you. Uh, Stephen Stelling. Now, that's got to be new. Where? Stephen Stelling. Uh, he's on Facebook side. Um, th- he's got to be a first-time commenter. Well, I Stephen don't recognize Stelling. the name. Praise be to God. So, you know what that means. If God don't do it, it don't get done.
Thank you, Stephen, for being a first-time commenter on our program. David Gonzalez from San Antonio said he would love to join the team, but he's in San Antonio. Well, you could always move, David. I'm okay with that. You just come on by. Come on by. Uh, we were. I was at the time. I was talking about uh, how impressive the two of you are for fitting all of the categories of being a f- faithful Catholic, courageous, zealous for souls, and will get out of bed at uh, oh dark thirty to be here at four a.m. So few human beings on planet Earth. I mean, most Navy SEALs don't even qualify into under those categories. So you are the tip of the spear, the true best of the best. Congratulations. Are to most you. Navy SEALs Catholic? <clears throat> no, they're oh, not. Okay. That's my point. Ah. They disqualify themselves on a number of, of those items. Oh, uh, real so, quick. Some are, for sure. Praise be to God for it, too. Real quick, the uh, we have only a couple more minutes Loose. because we are going off air uh, early because we have um, Bree Dale show, Intersections, Josh. at the top of the hour. I'm still just going to name names while you talk. I'm sorry. <laughs> we're losing time, and I want to make sure I mention everybody. You were saying, go ahead. Yeah, so we're interviewing. Uh, so, Bree Dell. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, my bad. I, I'm, I, I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, is, seriously, is, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Seriously. seriously it's hard, hard to concentrate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Bree Dale and Joe. <laughs> Roseanne, thank you. You, you guys are like thinking, man, Melanie, this, this show is like Melanie so is disorganized. Amazing. Sandra. Is Sandra a first time commenter? Sandra Kana? I don't. I didn't see Sandra. Yeah, on the Facebook side, Catholic Drive Time. Sandra Kana. I'll, I'll I, trust you. I'll I trust think you. you're a first time commenter. Uh, let's see. Jesus oh, whoops! Uh, oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. That's a, sorry. That's what I meant to play. That's what, uh, sorry. My bad. My bad. It was Sandra, completely accidental. I would never so do that on purpose. So you, you I would never do that on purpose. <laughs> you deserve better, Sandra. You deserve better. I, I thought I deleted the button. I, I, don't, I don't know worry. what happened. Where did it come from? That's afternoon. crazy. Joaquin, good morning to you, Joaquin. <laughs> Good morning. Praise be to God. Uh, who's on a YouTube side? Eric Rodriguez and uh, Elizabeth and Valentine. Valentine answered your question. What did he say? He said, uh, it was very informative. I like it. And Josh also answered your question. He said, I heard from some critical people that Roe v. Wade movie was not very good in terms of bad dialogue and lazy writing. Hmm. How much time we have? Four minutes on the call? <laughs> you have about two minutes. <laughs> Susan! Good morning to you, Susan. Uh, thanks for being on with us today, Susan. Angelo, praise be to God. Christopher Velasquez, good morning to you. Thank you for hanging out with us today. I see Lori Powell jumping back and forth between Facebook and YouTube. It's probably because uh, Adrian apparently is always eager to destroy our Facebook feed. I am dedicated. I, mean, I have dedicated I, my life to making sure we fail. <laughs> I don't understand what's <laughs> going on over there, but every time I look over, he's crushing the button that says kill Facebook right now. I actually have a button that says destroy the Facebook stream. <laughs> <laughs> Pocahontas, good morning to you. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Praise be to God. It's good to have you all on. Um, let's see. Uh, Don says... You have two minutes. It's okay. It's okay, Emily. The spiritual force is with you. <laughs> thank you. I think. Thank you. May the force uh, be with you. May the it's coming up very soon. coming up very soon. Um, all right. So with uh, two minutes on the clock, what do I think of Roe v. Wade? We interviewed Nick Loeb, and I was grateful for the chance because it's an important topic, and I I respect what Nick was trying to accomplish. Telling the story of Roe v. Wade, and and a lot of that information, which was factually based, he has a a fact, he's got a, a, you know, he's got a uh, fact check section on his website. 
for the naysayers. Most people probably would have no idea of the details of how biased the Supreme Court was, of, uh, of the, the lies and manipulation of data that was perpetuated through news media outlets all over the country. All of it. But I have to agree with Josh. I was very distracted by some of the uh, dialogue. It, I felt like that was a real downside. I liked, I liked the costume to set design. I liked all of that. Great. I liked what he was trying to do. Awesome. But I was distracted by some of the acting and the dialogue in the film. Really kind of, uh, I felt was a, a real negative there. So, But who am I? I made a documentary film that also wasn't stellar either. Didn't win any awards. So praise be to God. Let's keep trying. And hopefully one day we'll do something pretty stellar. At any rate, that's going to do it for the show. We have Bree Dale coming up at 8 o'clock Central, uh, 9 Eastern. Hopefully you'll join us for that. Otherwise, we'll see you back here with Austin Ruse on the show tomorrow. Bishop Athanasius Schneider on Wednesday. It's going to be a big show. Please tell your friends and bring some family members. That'd be cool. God love you and God bless you. Thanks for being a part of the family. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you.
I am a bigot against Protestants. All of them? Pretty much. I'm, I don't like man-made traditions, so I don't like Protestants. That's just how it goes. I was tweeting out earlier, uh, Sola Scriptura is a man-made tradition that we must reject. Because I'm so tired of Protestants pretending that they know what they're talking about. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Perfect. You're looking a little green today. Uh, yeah, I don't know why. It's literally the exact same lighting. Maybe I can turn this a little bit. Like, I literally have changed nothing. Is that better? Mm, nope. Not really. But that's okay. Um, are you using um, OBS like uh, you have in the past? Yeah, but I turned off all the color correction and everything. I didn't change anything from last week. The... Um, well, maybe after, if you have time, I'll show you how to use uh, the color correction OBS. Ah, there. Is that better? Wait, uh, let's see. That's uh, about the same. Hmm. That's okay. It's not that bad. Let's see. I wonder if there's... Yeah, I literally haven't changed anything. I haven't even updated anything. Hmm. Weird. Well, OBS isn't an exact science. It's more of an art. Um, yeah, I don't even know. All That's life so is, un- is an art unknown to the... Or something like that. I'm not that smart. That's weird. I wonder why. Literally nothing has changed. That's so bizarre. Because like all the same lights are still on that I had on last week. Maybe I'm just green. Um, Could be a thing. It's, Maybe it's possible. Maybe you should uh, go see a doctor. Uh, okay, let me. I'll be right back. Awesome. Um, uh, Bree, um, I can't connect to your um, Comrex for some reason. Uh, give me a second. I'm gonna try again. And aside from like blinding myself with fucking light. Can't see anything now. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, uh, yes, K A T H access, not C A T H access. she hear us uh, she should be able to hear us because she's hooked up via zoom um and unless i mean unless she has that muted um k-a-t-h access yeah it says uh intersections is busy are you connected somewhere else brie You can just unmute yourself on Zoom and it should pick up the audio. There we go. We're connected. So that should be working now. Bree, can you hear? Awesome. Yep. We're set. 
I, I just think we it's well no maybe let's see what happens with that uh the video you sent Bree. Um, bless you. Margaret of Castillo, wonderful saint, Dominican. Well, the derpy audio just started, so. Yeah. Uh, a little i wouldn't i wouldn't now no, at no, this point yeah, no. it'd be uh very be risky no just take take we'll do the we'll talk about the catholic news stories i mean i can talk about stuff on it i just um was busy this morning so uh the video um, you sent do you want it just the video or the video and audio just do video and audio we'll talk We'll just talk about it. Video and audio, we'll just talk about it. Talk about the, we'll start off, talk about the news things. We'll just keep doing the, the, the topics that you had mentioned until we're done with them. And then we'll switch to politics, start off with that, talk a little bit about that, and then move on to some other, um, some other stuff. It, the mainstream. Okay, I have that set up. Uh, nothing comes to mind. Let me pull. Do you have the link for the? Oh no, that's not it. Do you have the link to the pillar story? It's not. I'm looking now. Number four is you got German stuff. You've got uh, the Pope's. Yep. Yes, the thing is there, but the link is not to the story. That's why I was. Uh, I can find it. Did you tweet? Oh, okay. Just kidding. Okay. Five minutes. Yeah, but the Dominicans are the only ones that really matter. Hey, so Bree, so in the thing you <laughs> sent me, you have the thing there. There's no link in that doc or in the text you just sent me. The first link you have is to uh, the Pope's stuff about populism. The second one is about the German bishops, and then you have something that says the pillar, but you don't have any link to anything. And then the link at the bottom, huh? It's literally just text. Uh, okay, I'll find it. I can show you what I'm looking at. There's not a link there is what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> it just comes to, it just comes through as text. Yeah, it's fine. I saw you put, there it is. I saw you post it this morning, so I can, I got it. Yep. We're good. Okay.
Uh, so if you want to talk about this for a good chunk, there's a lot to this. I'm assuming you have quite a bit to say about this, but um, we can talk about this for a while. This is a mm-hmm. So the issue is with the seminarian at the Yeah, he's he impeded the investigation, that's what it says. Two minutes. Well, your sound is, uh, it's not breaking up on my end, so that's good. Cool. Let's, well, we'll just, we'll just lean with it. And Minute and a half. Talk about stuff. We'll be fine. Yeah, we can. Yeah, there's things that we can talk about. Um, we'll just talk about your stories for as long as possible, then we'll switch to the other stuff. All right, one minute. I'm going to put y'all on mute, and we'll you'll hear the music whenever we start. Live from the sun-drenched cobblestones of the Eternal City, conversations crossing faith, culture, and current events. Civil discourse, civil debate.